for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Okay, we're going to read uh, this morning uh, a couple of portions of scripture, and then we're going to look at something particular from uh, Psalm 3. But before we turn to Psalm 3, we'll turn to 2 Samuel 15. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of background, I could read three or four chapters, but just to set uh, Psalm 3 in context, I just want to read these couple of verses to you. 2 Samuel 15. David is escaping from Jerusalem. A messenger comes to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of of the sword. That's the background to Psalm chapter 3. David is on the run from Absalom, his son, and uh, somewhere along there on, his, on the run, he, he writes this psalm. He pens this psalm, which we're going to have a little look at uh, this morning, Psalm number 3. Lord, he says, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. David says, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he <clears throat> Excuse me, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of tens of thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. And uh, God will bless the reading of his word. I've entitled this morning, Time to Speak Up. Time to Speak Up. And as I was saying, the background to this story is a father on the run from his own son, and a king on the run from his own people. How would you like that to be your situation? His own flesh and blood had come against him and come after him. And he finds himself as a king, finds himself as a man, finds himself as a man after God's own heart, as a leader of men, as a warrior that Susan was saying before, as a poet, a songwriter, a worship leader, all the strings to the bow that David had, he found himself on the run. Literally on the run. Some may say, some probably did say, how could he have all this potential? How could he have all this prophetic word inside of him, all this ability, all this gifting, and still be on the run? 
How could you have all that in you and still be on the run? How could you have so much going for you in life and what's been prophesied over you, what God has declared over you, and yet you still have an enemy and you're still on the run? I never do understand people who think because God is with them, because God is for them, because God has spoken to them, that they will never find themselves on the run. It's just not real life. People will run from something or somebody. I wonder if you've ever found yourself going in the exact opposite direction from which you wanted to go. That's what David found. Ever found yourself as a Christian saying, well, when's it coming? When are they going to turn up? When is God going to turn up? When's my answer going to come in? My mother used to say, when's my boat going to come in? And (laughs) why am I running away from the very thing or the very situation that God said, "I I called you here, and now I'm having to run from it? That's what David's situation was. Called to be king. Called to be a man after God's own heart. All sorts of things prophesied and declared over him. And yet, there he is, running from from armies and thousands of people and his own son. And he's saying, they're all against me. They're all against me. Many are they. I wonder who they they are in your life. It seems sometimes that many are the they. I wonder if you have some they in your life. Maybe it's not people. Maybe it's circumstances. Maybe it's the bank manager. Maybe it's the mortgage company. Maybe it's your boss. David says, they are increasing. And they are saying things about me. They're decreeing things over me. Many are the they. Maybe you've got lots of they in your life. Lots of circumstances speaking to you, declaring over you, failure, fear, intrepidation, challenging you. David's challengers were saying to him, there's no help for him from his God. (laughs) There's no help for him in God. I think many of us in our situations, it's not just the enemy who speaks against us. It's ourselves who speak against us. It's the enemy in me. Uh, our own brain, our own mind, our own thoughts. Before you have even got out of the bed, your mind has told you ten ways that you're going to have a bad day, ten ways you're going to fail, ten ways that whatever you're planning is never going to work. Let me turn this round. Sorry, Richard, I'm playing around with your microphone. Ten ways it'll never work. That's before you've even got out of the bed. You've declared and you've decreed that today is going to be a bad day. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody's for me. Everything's going to be bad today. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong people. It's the wrong place. They are many in our lives. But for David, they were physical warriors coming against us, against him. But for us, we have many days, but they're different circumstances today than what they were then. But they will still be vocal. But you and me, like David, have to learn not to listen to the they. You being here this morning, me being here this morning, tells you that they were wrong. Why do I say that? Because 
many times people, when we started the church, said, this is the wrong time. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't even go there. You shouldn't have it there. You shouldn't blah, 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 blah. Many are the they. But you have to decide what has God said. What is God saying? As soon as you declare your vision, your enemies speak up. Just try it sometime. As soon as you declare your vision, your enemies speak up. It happens in everyday life. I think I'll go here. And immediately your daughter, son, husband, wife say, well, we can't go there because of money, finance, time, whatever. Can't do it. As soon as you declare something, the negatives arrive. What we need to do is when we want to do something for God, we have to declare what God is saying, not what we are saying. Because they, your enemies, will always speak up. The modern versions of what David was against, fear, anxiety, dread, worry. So what can we learn from this psalm? Well, if you break down this psalm, it can be broken down into four simple blocks. Verse 1 to 2 is what the enemy says. It's what the enemy says in your life and in my life, which produces the anxiety, produces the worry, produces the panic, produces the fear. It's what your enemy says. And then verses 3 and 4 is what David says says. What David said, and what David says in that Psalm 3, is what produces the, the faith, it's what produces the confidence, it's what produces his action. So verses 1 and 2 is what the enemy says, verses 3 and 4 is what David said, verses 5 and 6 is what David did. It's what David did that moved him forward and towards success. Faith and works. Verses 7 and 8 is what God did. It's what God did that destroyed David's enemy and brought him the victory and brought him the salvation. So let's just go back to verses 1 and 2. When we look at what's coming against us in everyday life, instead of doing what, uh, instead of doing what often we do, Sorry, instead of doing what David did, often what we do, get my words right, is we don't disagree with the enemy, we agree with him. So, in verse 1 and 2, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me, many are they who rise against me, many are they who save me, there is no help from him for him in God. And we say, yeah, that's right, nope, everybody's against me, nobody's for me, oh, I'm never going to get this, I'm never going to pass this, I'm never going to get healed, I'm never going to get this, never going to, and we just agree with the enemy, what the enemy comes against us with, maybe before you even go to bed in the morning. And we have a tick list, and we agree with everything. The enemy, you're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. Yeah, that's right. I'm not. I'm a failure. I'll never agree with it. And we we agree with the enemy instead of disagreeing with him. And often the enemy wants to get our head down. David says, "But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head." Your head goes down when the enemy speaks to you. Your head goes down even further when you agree with the enemy. But God says, David says in Psalm 3, 
the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice. It's what we declare with our voice. Declaring spiritual truth, not your physical reality. Satan wants you to declare your physical reality. God wants you to declare spiritual truth. And what we declare with our mouth, and what David found in Psalm 3, what he declared with his mouth was important, whether he went backwards or whether he went forward. What are you speaking out? David spoke out truth. You, O Lord, are a shield from me. Picture his son, his army, tens of thousands of people coming against him. And he says, but you, O Lord... You, O Lord, are a shield for me. You think of your circumstances. Think of your difficulties. Everything coming against you, you feel like some days. But you turn and you say with your mouth, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Whatever you cry out, your brain will react to. Neurologists say, that what has been said to you and what, is, what you have said to yourself affects your brain. Change your brain. Change your voice. Change what you say. Directs your circumstances. So when life lies to you, remember who the father of lies is. When your enemies lie to you, when your situation is not what God has promised you, you have to speak up. You have to speak out because your declarations direct the life and your life and your family's life towards what you speak. David said, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. It's important for God to hear you. <laughs> you think, oh, God knows what I, I think. God knows I just need to say something. No, God wants to hear your voice. That's why Jesus he said to the most uh, physically challenged people, what do you want me to do for you? It's like blind, <laughs> hint, <laughs> deaf, hint, can't walk, hint. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Speak it out. What do you want me to do? God wants to hear us speak. And our ears need to hear what our mouth is saying. Abraham called those things that were not as though they were. And when he called them, they came into being. The supernatural happens when we begin to speak. Not the negatives or the lies the enemy has spoken into our minds and into our hearts, but the truth of the Word of God. And so David did that, and the first result, which is a good thing for men, what does he do? He lies down and sleeps. He lay down and slept. Picture it, thousands coming against him, losing his kingdom, people, his own son coming for him, and what does he do? Once he confesses the truth, once he tells God, you are my shield, they can't do a thing against me because you are my shield. He lay down and slept in the wild, on the ground, 
in the middle of nowhere, slept. But not only did he sleep, but he awoke. Because he says, the Lord sustains me. He says regarding the thousands who were after him, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. He didn't think that. He said it. It wasn't a passing thought through his mind. I won't be afraid. No, he declared it and he decreed it. He says, I will. What are you willing? Everybody's against me. Nothing's ever going to happen for us. I don't think we're ever going to make it. You never amount to anything. He says, no, I will not. Now, you think of the issues that are coming against you, the they, in your life, in my life. Start to speak to that issue, to that problem, to that overdraft, to that boss at work, to that situation. You said, no, enemy, I will not be afraid. So, think in your mind just now of the worst thing the enemy is coming against you in your life right at this moment, the thing that concerns you the most, the thing that you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, what about this? What are we going to do about that? Think of that, and then say after me, one, two, three, I will not be... See, you don't believe it. That's the problem. (laughs) You don't believe it. But you have to decide, and you have to declare it with your mouth. But it doesn't come out of here... What do you want me to do for you, Jesus says? Well, take away the fear, Lord. Okay. Rise up and walk. I will not be afraid. So say it again. I will not be afraid. Think of your worst nightmare. The thing, the letter you received from the doctor, the phone call, the difficulty. This, they said that, they did this. What happens in this? What happens in five years, 10 years, 20 years? What, what are we going to do? What's the go- I will not be afraid. David said, I'm not going to be afraid of tens of thousands of people. Who are they? Tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands. Who are they? Who have set themselves against me. See, when you, or sorry, when the world, when the father of lies, when your enemy sets himself against you, who is he setting himself against? God. I will not be afraid. David says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies. He's speaking this out. You have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. And he says you've broken the teeth of the ungodly. I wonder if that had happened before that he said it. You've struck all my enemies. These tens of thousands of people. Break their teeth. Knock them in the head. Because salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing, he says, is upon your people. We need to find our voice. But not only do we need to find our voice, we need to use our voice. Let me give you an illustration of this. I think many of you, most of you, all of you, have heard of a lady called Darlene Check, who wrote uh, Shout to the Lord. You know, you know her, don't you? Yeah. And uh, that song is sung by 
25, between 25 and 35 million people every Sunday across the globe. And let me give you some background to that song. She was in a little church, or a, a church, not the worship leader, but working in the worship band. And uh, just sort of playing in her uh, piano that her mother gave her when she was a little girl. And uh, one day, a letter comes in through the post. A letter from the dreaded tax man. A huge tax bill. They, her and her husband had a mark, had a little business, not doing very well. But this big tax bill arrives. And uh, she thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? So she goes into her lounge, into the little room that she had, and starts to play on her piano and begins to shout out to the Lord uh, from some of the Psalms. Psalms, she says it was from between Psalm 96 and Psalm 100, and began to sing the lyrics and found herself writing, shout to the Lord. That was the cry of her heart. My Jesus, my Savior. Think of it. Bill's coming in. Think of your difficulty, your problem. What's going to happen? What's going to become of us? My Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love, my comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. What are you going to do about the tax bill? No, it didn't come. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of the Inland Revenue's name? No, the taxman's name? No, your name, Lord. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I'll love you. Forever I'll stand. This is not going to knock me down. Nothing compares to the promise that I have in you, my Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there's none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath all that I am, never cease to worship you. Do you get it? If she'd gone into that room, Lord Jesus, I've got this tax bill. What am I going to do with this tax bill? We're in a mess again. We've no money. We've got two little kids. Husband's business is pathetic. I don't know what's going to come become of us. No, she goes in, she gets the Psalms, and she writes a song that probably financially made her for life. But she didn't do it for the finance. She did it because what David did in Psalm 3, I will not fear. I will not be afraid. I won't worry about the tax bill. And for you, I won't worry about question mark, whatever it is. So can I ask you, or can I give you a challenge this morning? Instead of waking up in the morning and declaring and decreeing the negative comments about what he, the enemy, has been saying to you through the night, what they say, what about waking up and declaring what he says, who he is, what he will 
do. I'm going to help you do that uh, because I've got a card and it's laminated so it must be spiritual. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get Susan, maybe Heather, if you can give these out. Uh, one each um, for, <laughs> for everyone. And uh, for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to read what the, well, you're giving them out. I'm going to read what it says. What I want you to do, if you're willing, and you have the grace to do it, is that every morning and every evening, you read this. Before you say anything, say this. Before you go to sleep, say this. I, and then your name, welcome you, Holy Spirit. I receive your power into my life. I confess the lordship of Christ over myself, my home, my children, and my finances. I command every other power to bow, according to Philippians 2, verse 10. I bind the strong man over my family in the name of Jesus, according to Matthew 12, verse 29. I plunder all the goods that Satan has stolen from me. I proclaim healing to my body, my children, my home, and my finances, according to Exodus 15, verse 26. I declare the Lord is my healer. I give thanks and praise, according to Psalm 22, verse 5. You, O Lord, are enthroned in my praise. Those who trust in you will be delivered and will not be disappointed. Thank you, Lord, that as I delight and meditate in your word, I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and I shall bring forth fruit in season, and whatever I do will prosper. Scripture, God's word, you can't disagree with that. It's God's word. It's truth. The enemy hates it hates it. But you start declaring and declaring, declaring that in the morning, in the evening. Let me tell you, one month later, your mindset will change. Your mind will change. Your attitudes will change. Your belief system will change. Your expectations will change. Your faith level will change. Because let me say something to you. Until you start, deliver, uh, until you start declaring truth, you're living a lie. And still you start declaring and telling the truth, you're literally living a lie. The father of lies is trying to get you into a corner, trying to bind you up to live the lie. And that's why you, you hear yourself saying things. You think, why am I saying this? I can't. I won't. I never. And we are declaring what the enemy, the seeds the enemy has put into our lives. And the reason we have what we have is because we have been living a lie, speaking the lies, and we have what we have declared. A ship, the Bible tells us, is controlled by a little wheel. A car is controlled with a little steering wheel. Your life, my life, is controlled by my tongue. James says, 
in the message. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled um, in the hands of a skilled man sets the course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, James says, but it can accomplish nearly everything or destroy everything. To change direction, change your tongue. So we need to turn around and begin to chat and begin to speak something completely different. The truth, God's truth, rather than our viewpoint and our situation. Because when we say the opposite of what God says, all we're doing is repeating Satan's lies. God wants us living in freedom. I quoted Bono last year, last week. He felt God saying to him, when you're not agreeing with me, Bono, you're opposing me. When you're not agreeing with me, you're opposing me. When we are not declaring truth, we're declaring lies. So use this card. Put it in your Bible. Use it. Open your Bible. Put it beside your bed and begin to declare the truth of Scripture. And let's see some miracles. Let's see some change in our lives. Let's see different mindsets. Let's see the negative, negativity go, the depression go. Let's begin to realize, if God be for us, who are you, <laughs> frankly? Who are you? My boss says, I'll never get a pay rise. Who are you? Who are you? God wants me to have a pay rise, we'll get a pay rise. God wants us to be healed, we'll be healed. If God wants us to move, we'll move. If God wants us to come through, we'll come through. If God wants, whatever. God wants to, to uh, smash the teeth of the enemy, the t- enemy's teeth will be smashed. They'll be looking for a dentist because God will smash their teeth. Whatever you, people have said to you, well, you'll never. Well, maybe you won't. But maybe God is saying, no, you will. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never come through. You'll never pay that off. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's been lying to each one of us for years, and we've repeated his lies. So he keeps thinking to himself, I'll just keep feeding him a little lie. What's what's the lie for today? You know the thought for today? What for today, Susan talks about? Well, the enemy's got one of these books too, but he doesn't use a book. He just puts it right in your brain. As soon as you wake up, Let me give you a lie for today. This is your lie for today. You're not going to enjoy work today. It's going to be horrible. They're going to be there. He's going to be there. She's going to be there. Customer's going to be there. Situation's still going to be ongoing. And he says, well, have a feast on that one for today. So you find yourself going to work, saying to somebody in the bus, it's going to be a horrible day. I've got to face them today. I don't really want to be doing this. You understand? He gives us a word for today, a lie for today. Are you repeating the lies or are you declaring the truth? Let's just pray. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcentre.com.